Now, we were talking in the last hour about it, an open letter sent out by Infrastructure New Zealand and the construction um, civil contractors, New Zealand chief executive, calling for urgency around the release of the government's full list of shovel-ready projects as increasing numbers of workers face redundancy and business confidence amongst construction and infrastructure companies' nosedives. They say the current situation is incredibly frustrating and there is a big difference between making announcements and providing meaningful employment opportunities. Infrastructure New Zealand Chief Executive Paul Blair joins me now. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning, Kerry. How desperate is the situation? How dire is the situation? Look, we've got um, a number of uh, contractors and also people in the associated industries. So, you know, the engineers, the architects, the planners and so on that have a lot of their staff already on 80 percent, you know, or four day weeks. Uh, and I know of um, more than a handful of particularly large and small companies that are preparing change proposals now to make more staff redundant because they don't have line of sight on the work program. You've been told the work is coming. Do you not believe it's coming or is it not going to come quickly enough? That's It's the latter. So, mm-hmm. look, um, I, I want to be really clear. Our industry is is uh, very grateful for the $3 billion. You know, we are, we're really grateful and we certainly need to invest in our infrastructure. The difficulty that a government of any colour faces when they, when they sit in Wellington is that our system is not set up to move quickly. And this is a situation where we need to move from announcement to uh, jobs being created and money being spent very, very quickly. And unfortunately, our system is not set up to work that way. So it's not a fault of this particular government. What could they do? So we we put out um, several priority sort of ways to do this when we we were prior to the May budget. We were saying things like go for maintenance and upgrade contracts, you know, low complexity out there in the regions, particularly in local government, um, to roll these projects quickly into programs. Because what we have now is we've got the complexity of going from 1,800 projects down to however many there are going to be, 500 or so. Um, That means that our central government and CIP have to be down in the weeds. Mm-hmm. Um, we would have preferred that they said, hey, we've got a problem in health and we're going to put $500 million to it and here is an alliance to go and work in, in health, for example, to get that sorted. Uh, and, and the other one is really around procurement, um, which is the way that we buy these services. Post Kaikoura and Christchurch, we were, admittedly, that was a physical event and we knew what we had to put back mm. very quickly. But we were spending money within a month um, and you know, getting stuff going within a year, which is the definition of shovel ready, is relatively fast in New Zealand. But the problem is that these companies are very thinly capitalised and without certainty they will have to put staff off, which is the opposite of the effect that the government's trying to create. And what would that mean long term? Well, so I think in, in the media statement, Paul Evans from the Association of Consulting Engineers um, puts it well, you know, um, back in back in the sort of the early 90s when we had a recession, we had the same sort of thing where we we contracted, and we lost a generation of skilled people. Mm. They went over to Australia in particular. Um, that might not be an option right here and right now, but it will be sometime shortly. But the key thing is that it's the role of government when we have these shocks to expand and to invest and to um, make sure that those staff are kept in New Zealand for 
those big projects that we know that we're going to need. And I know that the government is trying to do this. What we're not, what we're calling out is we're very grateful to the government for the money. It's just that the money has to make its way into the hands of the industry much, much faster than government is comfortable with or is set up to do in its current way of working. And yet, you know, if they made a wrong call on a project and invested millions in something that was yep. a waste of money, there'd be calls for, you know, there'd be accusations of financial irresponsibility. And that is, that is, I think, absolutely at the heart of it. That's the key point, Kerry, is that um, we, we, we have a government that um, if you gave them $100 and they lost 50 cents of that, we would, we would hound them through the streets. Yes. If, they had, if we gave them $100 and they created $150, we'd give them a pat on the back and say they should have created $180. So, the, you know, the incentives are wrong here. Um, we, we would love to see that... Um, this is a sort of an emergency situation, and so we do need sort of an emergency approach, which is why we said that there is risk in this, and we would love the government to have said, hey, look, we're going to invest $3 billion. The alternative is that we used tax cuts or that we gave helicopter money or whatever. We love that it's going into infrastructure because that's long-term. But in going fast, unless you um, use these proven techniques of working in alliances and so on, you might waste some money. Um, but, you know, for us, speed is, is the thing that's required in order to fix this situation. Uh, the 11 projects that are being fast-tracked, would you like to see more of them fast-tracked? So, yeah, when we talk about fast-tracked, we, we're talking about um, using alliances, not having the answer. We tend to, ha- to, to want to wait for the full answer to be baked, and then we do this nice linear process if we go out and we procure it or buy yeah. it and, and so on and so forth. That the best way of doing it is, is instead you say, hey, we want to create a water plant, for example. Let's go and get five good contractors and let's give them a fixed price contract, open book, fixed margin. We'll give them an incentive to do really well. We'll hit them up if they don't. But we'll start spending money and co-designing it together uh, from next week. Um, that's not the way we tend to do things in New Zealand. Mm. I just had a text from someone saying, I work in civil construction. Everyone I know is too busy at the moment and hoping the government work doesn't come on stream till 2021. <laughs> so I find this very strange. Is, are there pockets of the industry that are doing very well? Yeah, it is, it is, um, it is mixed out there. Um, so um, if you are involved in some of the projects, and there are a lot of them that are still being finished, you know, some of the big roads from the previous government, for example, are still uh, working flat tack. Um, but what is required is always a pipeline of work that you can see and trust and understand that goes far into the future because New Zealand has always been boom-bust in construction. Mm-hmm. It's one of the fundamental reasons why we have very poor construction productivity and why um, the buyers of um, construction projects, often the government, get poor outcomes is because we don't reinvest in staff, we don't reinvest in equipment, we don't reinvest in world-class techniques because we don't know whether something is going to happen like, you know, a COVID, where local government, for example, has a 10 to 15% drop in revenue, and by law, because they have to balance the books, they're required to stop all projects. So what we do is we set ourselves up for the lowest common denominator, and that risk gets priced into the contracts that we all have. What about the staff? I mean, are we going to need to get um, specialist workers from overseas back into the country once these jobs do get cracking? Yeah, we will need specialist workers. And um, 
I, I personally hate um, black and white answers. The, yeah. the answer is that we, we will be able to take some people that are unemployed today and we might be able to retrain some of them. But there's equally, there's going to be some highly specialist jobs that we, we don't have the skills for in New Zealand and we'll need to import them. Yeah. I think the answer can be a positive all the way around. Um, infrastructure is one of the best ways possible to, to reflate an economy and to give benefits far and wide to everyone in the economy. Um, so I'm really encouraged by the fact that all political parties are saying that they've now recognised that we are underdone in infrastructure and they're sort of competing with each other, to be honest, um, to, to um, go bigger and larger on infrastructure. That's fantastic. Um, but now what we need to do is we need to make sure that the system that, that delivers our infrastructure is world class as well, because otherwise we'll be pouring more money in the top and not getting commensurate results out the bottom. Excellent. Thank you very much, Paul Blair, Infrastructure New Zealand Chief Executive. Interesting. Pipeline is the biggest problem in our industry, says another, and that, that is it. It's that forward planning. Um, uh, the one who's working in civil construction and very, very busy, multiple jobs around Wellington, commercial and civil. Um, our industry is flat out, says another. So yes, clearly there are pockets right around the country, but they're looking ahead and looking to ensure that the next 18 months they're going to be able to have work for the companies, and more importantly, the workers there.